0: This is the Passion Lands A Lot of Team podcast, the top producing real estate team from New York City to the Hamptons. We bring you content week in and week out on all things real estate, finance, and lifestyle. Enjoy. Welcome back. We're back. The Passion Lands A Lot of Team podcast. What is good, everybody? It is what's today's date, June twenty sixth. We've been we've been away two weeks because the market has come back and it has roared back. Yes. It is uh, quite interesting what has happened since New York kicked off phase two. It has been absolutely insane. But before we get to all the real estate stuff. And we give you all the different, uh, you know, stats that that come along with that. Let's talk about what's gone on in the world because the last time we spoke, I think uh, we were talking about lootings, protests, mm. Black Lives Matter, George Floyd, and the madness that was the pandemic. The, the the two weeks ago, and isn't it funny, by the way, how fast news changes? Mm-hmm. Like two weeks ago, I feel like everyone wanted to kill each other and the the world was at complete odds and we still are to a degree but I just think it's funny how we go from like we go through such extremes in this country and it, it moves quick right mm-hmm. it's just it's like one week you feel like everything's falling apart and I'm not saying everything's back together now because it certainly is not but it just feels like there's 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 fast violent swings in the attitude of America literally from week to week. You agree?
1: Yeah, well, life is a roller coaster. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> yes. You got to try and stay level-headed, you know? Mm. You get caught up with if you watch the news, you get so caught up in it. And I think during the pandemic, everyone was so caught up in the news because there was nothing to do. Here in New York, the weather was shitty. Mm-hmm. So you watch the news and it was just a doom and gloom yeah, oh yeah. 24-7. And you got caught up in it. And mentally, it messes with you.
0: I think it just hit it hit America at the worst time, too. Like Everyone, like you said, is hunkered down in their house. Mm-hmm. They're being tortured, right? Some people, specifically in New York City... Are in like a 450 square foot studio apartment mm-hmm. for three months. That's that's like being in solitary confinement. Yep. Then the news is the only thing they're paying attention to, and it rouses them up. It gets them furious and insane, and then you Talk, un- you see. unleash that into a world of you know protests and and violence, mm-hmm. and it's literally it turned into anarchy.
1: Yeah. Well, and now you have, I mean, me personally, I stopped, I stopped watching the news just because, I mean, not, not, it wasn't even deliberately just now that the weather's gotten nice, things are starting to open People up, are out. just getting yeah. on with my life. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's great when you don't watch the news. That's, that's why it's like the roller coaster. Now everyone's just getting back to living. And, yeah. if, and if you, if you don't watch the news, you wouldn't know that. Well, if you watch the news, you're still going to think things are fucked. Yeah, right. Yeah, and yeah. they very well may be, I don't know. But if you don't, and you're just enjoying the weather and you're getting back to work and enjoying your life, things are things are good again. I'll tell
0: you what's really crazy, though, is everything that's come from this George Floyd thing with the police. Mm-hmm. I mean, what a time to be a cop, right? I mean, we've got friends who are cops, our friend Frankie. Like, I would not want that job right now. No. You, you can't do it's anything. It's an impossible job. You can't do anything right. Mm-hmm. No. You know? I mean, they're saying now like police officers they're outlawing rear naked chokes on people mm-hmm. like so like so so as a cop to apprehend somebody right let's say you're in a physical confrontation with with somebody i was i have a wrestling background it's my instinct if i want to just stop someone from doing what they're doing to somehow get the fight to the ground mm-hmm. get on their neck and choke them until they stop mm-hmm. Maybe they fall asleep for a quick second, cuff them, and then they wake up. Yeah, and they're 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 stopped. Whatever you want to call it, they're they're apprehended, right? Now they're outlawing that. They're saying you can't do that. I mean, so what do you do? You just hit someone with a nightstick until they stop, I mean, like, so or you yes. just let them go? I mean, it. I think that um, that that. Uh, did that whole thing with that guy in Atlanta, mm-hmm. where he pulled the taser out of the cops' yeah, holster... He took the cops' taser, fired, he it at fired it at them. And then apparently he fired it a few more times, but it was already, it was already shot, but it still makes a loud noise, a mm-hmm. taser, when you do that. So they thought he was actually firing on them, mm-hmm. and they shot him. Uh, th- there are people who are advocating for the fact that they should have just let him go. I mean... Isn't that not your job as a cop? I mean it's very confusing, right?
1: Well, if he's so it, first of all I disagree, right? But let's all right, let's let's just talk about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if you're in that situation and the guy is is volatile enough that the cops have been called, you show up, he's not cooperative. Yep. Not only is he not cooperative, he steals your weapon, he fires it at you. I mean, at that point, you're just defending your own life. You don't know. God forbid he hits you with the taser and you go down. Maybe he runs over and starts beating you. Maybe he runs over, steals your gun, and shoots you, right? So at that point, you just have to defend yourself because, God forbid, you get hit with the taser and you go down. You don't know what's going to happen. You could die. So God forbid, So you've got to be full with, fully within your right to defend yourself.
0: N- not to mention you're you're dealing with this for a modest income.
1: You're doing it. If you if you're a police officer, you're probably doing it because it's you wanna be helpful. You know, for the most part. Are there yeah. bad cops? Of course, but there's bad everything. You know, you're probably doing it for the right reasons. You don't get into it for the money, I'm sure. No. I mean, here in New York starting salary for police officers is probably like thirty five thousand dollars, I think. In New York that's nothing. You're not
0: Yeah, and you're doing that to be thrown into situations like that and not to
1: mention you're probably young i mean you're uh, young when you first start as a cop yeah you're in your mid-20s you know it's like you have a ton of experience with this situation but even if so the other side of the coin is let's say he wasn't let's just say he wasn't listening he didn't steal the weapon nothing he was the officer's like sir please lay on the ground you know put your hands up and he just doesn't listen at that point we say okay we're supposed to just say okay see you later you walk one way he walks the other (laughs) i mean because what's what if the guy oh, robs somebody or this? beats someone? they are going to show up and just say, "Hey, sir, please lay down." And if the, you know, the the people committing the crimes are going to know, as long as they just don't cooperate, you're going to walk away. What's, yep. There's no repercussion for your actions. There's there's consequences for your actions. So
0: it's it's a very weird. Th- so here's the deal. The bottom line is, the police are here, to to keep law and order. Right. That's their job. Law mm-hmm. and order, and. When you start taking their ability to enforce their power away from them, you have chaos. New York City recently, they just um, my uh, Anthony Fish, his brother is on. He was on the um, the plain clothes unit mm-hmm. in Harlem, and the plain clothes unit meaning that they're not actively in police uniform. Uh, that you know. They are the ones who actually uncover the majority of the crime in the city mm-hmm. because they, they don't know if that's a cop. They don't know if that's just a regular, you know, uh, person walking around the street. So they commit a crime and then the, the plainclothes cop obviously catches it in the mm-hmm. act. Now they're gone. So does he have a job still? No. So what they did was they reassigned them all to a different unit. But now since they've done that, crime has spiked like crazy. There's people. Did you see that video of the guy walking in Brooklyn? Someone's washing his car. The guy just walks up to him, shoots him in the head, keeps walking. I didn't see it. No. Shot someone dead. The you, I saw another video of there was a homeless guy sleeping on the street. Some guy takes like a a huge firecracker, like a, like an M 80. Like, I don't even know what a firecracker, like, like what the specific kind of firecrackers are, but it was like a freaking bomb. The guy lights the firecracker and throws it at the homeless guy and runs away. And I sent it to my buddy. My buddy said, you know, who catches people doing things like that? The plainclothes cops. Mm -hmm. So what's happened is, is now, because they've taken the plainclothes cops off the street, Mm -hmm. there's an insane spike in, in crime.
1: Yeah, it makes sense.
0: Because they know where the cops are. Yeah. Right?
1: It's it's just become, the whole thing has become, there's so much to talk about about, about this, but the whole thing has become political because of the election, right? So I, I was reading up, I'm not reading up, I was just reading and listening to a few things about all of this, right? So now everyone wants the federal government to pass these laws. The federal government doesn't control what the New York City police do. If no. they pass a law that there's the no charcoal. The does. Yeah, so if the federal government, like the Senate, the house, whatever. If they start passing police reform bills that ban chokeholds, chokeholds, that's banning federal agents from doing it. So you have, like, in New York, for instance, because we're in New York, you have a Democratic-run state, Democratic mayor, everything. You know, uh, Cuomo, um, congressman, everything, governor. It's they could have pa- they could pass this release reform tomorrow. The reason they're not doing it is because it would be looked at as a win. For Trump, who's a Republican, and it's in an election year, right? So they're not passing any police reform, even though they can. They can stop the New York City police from doing it.
0: Isn't it funny how everything is so political?
1: It's, well, it shouldn't be. So it's now you have, now you have, you know, a civilian, a child, whatever, who's going to suffer until the election in hopes that they win it. For any reform, because something bad will happen before the election that could have been prevented had they just passed it. Oh, and
0: by the way, here's the other thing that, that gets me. Every weekend, there's like 75 people in South Chicago who are shot and killed, mm-hmm. and no one, no one seems to, to care about that. I don't understand. Well, it's
1: automatically made. Or like, is there racism in the world? Yes, but it's automatically made a race issue. I mean, how does everyone know it's a race issue? Maybe, like, maybe the cop that killed George George Floyd was just a dick.
0: He's a bad cop, right? Yeah, I mean, bad cop.
1: Could he have been racist? Is there racism? Yes, I'm not saying that, but you know, just because a white cop has a bad confrontation with a black guy doesn't it doesn't automatically make it racism. So,
0: do you? So, apparently. George Floyd had like a terrible record too Mm -hmm. leading up to this. And the cop knew him. Yeah. Apparently, they sort of knew each other. I don't know if you, um, you listen to Candace Owens at all?
1: I mean, I follow her on Twitter. So I just, I
0: just discovered her. She's a young African American woman, but she's extremely conservative and she's got a totally different view on the whole thing. She makes a lot of sense of it all. But, um, uh, it's just such a touchy subject, and to take listen, there's good cops, there's bad cops, just like you said, there's good and bad and everything. Yeah. But we, you can't, you can't start taking cops off the street. You can't make that job a job that no one wants because then nobody is going to want to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, you also have to take into consideration that cops have PS, PTSD too, just like just like a soldier at war. I mean. If you're in a shooting in East New York, Brooklyn, Mm -hmm. and you're getting shot at while shooting at somebody in broad daylight, you're going to come out of that a different person.
1: Especially if you're like 20, you know, if you just started, you're 25 years old. Yeah. You've never had that experience before.
0: You know who actually did a great podcast was Jocko Willink. Mm -hmm. He was on um, the Joe Rogan podcast, and they talked a lot about this because Jocko is a Navy SEAL, and he... He explains, you know, what it's like. He says it's the same thing even overseas. Like, there are soldiers overseas who, you know, they want to stay overseas. Like, they like it. They get off on war. And there are people who, after one week being at war, want to come home. Now, if yeah. you're at war, do you want to be next to the guy, or do you want the, the guy yeah. next to you to be someone who wants to go home, or do you want the guy who wants to be there, can think clearly, can manage a situation. And he talked a lot about training, you know, like these cops, I mean, I don't know about you, but I've seen some out of shape cops. Mm-hmm. Like there should be like a minimum standard, a minimum requirement. There should well, be- Well,
1: there is, but it's clearly not adequate, I guess. Well, or I it think, does, it's not continuing.
0: It's not continuing. Yeah. So you could get on the force, gain 50 pounds and become a, a you know, a slob mm-hmm. and, not, and not be able to do your job correctly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But there should be, like, like we have continuing education in, in the real estate world, right? We have to take, you know, a certain amount of hours of and credits mm-hmm. every few years. Maybe they should be doing something every six months. There should be some kind of training so they understand that you can only hold a rear naked choke for a certain amount of time. You know, maybe they learn Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Maybe they learn, hand, you know, hand-to-hand combat continually. That according to what I, as, as far as I understand, I think it's only, like, a three month police academy, and that's it. You're a cop. There's no additional
1: training to that. Yeah, well, there poli- should be. Police reform would definitely be a good thing in the sense, like you said, that there's there's continued training, there's continued standards to lead to that you have to hit and live up to. Right. That that would all be good. But you could still do that and still empower the police and have them do their job, and and foster a good relationship. Between police and the civilian community. And
0: that's what needs to happen. I totally agree. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. So so that's what happened there with all that. Um, corona. We have not talked about corona. What is going on with this coronavirus? Does anyone so, care anymore? I'm no, over I, it. Everyone's I'm, over it. I'm over it, too. I mean, quite frankly, I couldn't care less. But what's happening is interesting. Um, Florida, Texas... In Arizona are seeing significant resurgences of the virus. I have friends in Southern Florida who work in the hospitals and they're, they're filling up with Corona patients. So they're seeing, they're seeing much higher admissions as a result of Corona. I just wonder, I wonder what happens from here because that guy DeSantis, who's the governor of Florida, mm-hmm. it's funny how we know all the governors now, right? Mm. By the way, I never knew a governor before this, never paid any attention. But uh, that guy, DeSantis, he um he was very cavalier about it. So is he going to have egg on his face now? You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Well, the thing that's the thing with the data is you can you can pick and choose the data you want to paint whatever picture. And I don't know what the real story is, but yeah. So maybe testing has just increased, and that's why cases have gone up. Uh, hospitalizations maybe up, but but ultimately, I mean, in my mind, is fatality or deaths up? Right? Yeah. Because if I- if if that's staying down, well, then, I, think I, I mean, if people aren't dying, if they're getting sick and recovering, then uh, not to make light of it, but who really cares?
0: We're at, I think we're at, as far as a national death toll, about 120,000.
1: Yeah. So, all right. So, but, but what I'm saying is uh, out of every thousand people that catch it, you know, if initially 50 were dying and now one is dying, uh, while that one is still tragic, I mean, at that point, you're not going to shut everything down. To save one out of yeah. a thousand people that catch it, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just the reality. It's, it might sound dark, well, but it's just I, the reality of the situation. I don't.
0: I don't think they'll go. I don't think we can afford to go backwards.
1: No one's going to go. No one's going to tolerate it. I don't think they will. I hope. I hope people. Won't. I won't.
0: I won't. I. I can't. Do, I don't want to do that again. Ever again. I don't no. want to sit home for a few months and do nothing. It was. It was a terrible experience. It's very sad to see a lot of these mom and pops, you know, not doing well now. Even, uh, I still think. We haven't seen the full effect of this. Um, I think a lot of people... I think we've got a long way to go. I mean, think about it. There's still people who are not comfortable going out to eat, doing things like that. I mean, we're seeing a lot of outdoor seating, right? Yes. You went out to dinner. Yeah, right?
1: twice. No. Well, definitely once, maybe twice. I don't know. So what
0: was that like? Were were all the seats full? Was it... Was, yeah, you it was doing Yeah, no, the, the entire
1: outdoor area was packed. I mean, it's not... It's not as busy as the restaurant because there's one, there's just not as much space because they're basically taking up sidewalks or parking lots, whatever right. or extra little space they have. And then the tables are separated, you know. So, but every table was full.
0: Yeah. But they're definitely not. Do- if, like, for instance, Polchinella, if Polchinella is normally at 100% capacity, maybe he was at 60
1: No, less than that. I mean, the outdoor area is probably like 20% of what the indoor area can fit. Was there uh, a know. weight?
0: Were there there people waiting? You have to make a reservation. Oh, you have to make a reservation. But indoor
1: dining is open now. Phase three. Oh, it is? New York phase three started. Uh, Well, Long Island phase three started, and indoor dining was part of that. Uh, I don't know. I don't even know. Again, I'm over Corona, so I don't even know exactly what phase three (laughs) included. But yeah, you could dine indoors now. You can. Yes. Yep.
0: Do you have to wear a mask? What's that all about? I didn't know that.
1: I don't know. I don't know what the rules are. I honestly don't know. Phase three started. There's
0: definitely some kind of social distancing. Right. I'm sure Masks. there's still rules.
1: I'm sure there's still rules. I don't know what they are. We could look it up real quick. Um,
0: I mean, you have to think that they, they're trying to keep people away from each other. They probably have to wear a mask. I'd probably rather be outdoors. How do you outdoors. eat wear a mask?
1: Like, What's the point, though, of wearing a mask? If you're going to take it off every time, you got to take a bite I'd of probably, food or take I, a sip of
0: a drink. I'd probably rather be outdoors than indoors.
1: Well, it's nice out, too. So that's the other thing. So most people are probably still opting for the ins I called one restaurant because it's uh, my wife's birthday this weekend. I'm actually going to dinner tonight. Happy birthday to Sam. Yes, thank you. Um, And the restaurant was taking reservations for outdoor dining, but no reservations for indoor dining. So I don't know if that's like a rule, and it's just first come, first serve, or that's just the way they're doing it. Um Let me see. Phase three explained. Uh
0: is this New York Phase Three?
1: This is this is just New York in general. It's not Long Island because um, I think parts of Upstate already hit Phase Three before before us. Mm. Um, phase Three.
0: Supposedly outdoors, it's like got a very low chance of spreading.
1: Well, be while we will be able to eat inside a restaurant. It won't be back to normal. The state's health and safety guidelines will still be in place, such as reducing the indoor capacity to mm-hmm. no more than fifty percent, keeping tables and people separated by six feet, and requiring. Everyone wear face masks at all times, regardless of distance. So while we can go out to eat, the wait may be longer. So still, it's still stupid, though. So every time you take a sip of a drink or eat some food, you have to take your face mask down, which then that, defeats the purpose defeats, of going Yeah, why well, even put it on in the first place?
0: See, I would, I would just go. I would rather sit outside. That would be my. I would opt for sitting outside. That would be my thing.
1: Well, I wonder. I wonder. Yeah, I wonder if anyone's going to even utilize the inside.
0: I didn't even seating. know we were in phase three. That's how much. That's how much so I'm paying don't attention. Care. Yeah, I know, I know. But I did read um, that Cuomo is going to malls, gyms, and movie theaters not opening until Phase Four. I think, I think we're gonna have a problem with schools in September.
1: I don't think so. My kids are going to camp. Camp's open. We just said we just they're gonna be going to camp. Outdoor camp. Yeah, outdoor.
0: Hmm. That's different than school indoors, though. I
1: don't see how you could stop the schools, though, because parents—if parents are working—you have to be able to send kids to school.
0: Well, if he's not allowing, here's the here's here's, here's the problem. He's looking at what's happening in Florida and Texas. But like Arizona. I said, are
1: more people just getting sick? Because if people, if like I, I don't know, if I, I say, say there's a cold outbreak in Florida. I know, and everyone's know. getting the cold yeah. and going to the hospital because they have the cold. But no one's dying. Well, who really gives a shit? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, all right, everyone's got the cold.
0: It, look, whatever it is, it's significant enough that Texas halted the reo- reo- their reopening process. Yeah. So they stopped. But and
1: again, everything is politicized and, you, you know, you have to... So are they doing it because it's dangerous? They're doing it because if they don't, the Texas news, the is, news a, is just going to Texas them. is
0: a red state and they stopped.
1: Yeah, but you have cities like Austin, you know, which is very liberal. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know, like, the, the how the politics are changing or if they are, but... Again, it's what I'm saying. You don't know. You never get the full picture and all the information.
0: I um, know because you get the little headline there. the news gives yeah, you. Yeah, we're not feet on the street. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Um,
1: there are also the Cuomo's banning. Um, there's travel bans. Like if you come from Florida to New York, you have to quarantine, if the quarantine 14 days. 14 days. And I heard if you if you end up getting if you don't and you get sick and go to the hospital, you get fines like as much as two thousand dollars. So so
0: what's that going to do to to airlines? I mean, think about it. You can't go internationally. You can't really go domestic.
1: I mean, well, a lot of people would fly for conferences or vacations. So, but there's no conferences anymore. Like We actually were supposed to be in Nashville for a concert this weekend, me and Sam. I booked a country concert in Nashville. You didn't go. I mean, the concert's canceled, so we're not going. So it's, the, that industry's already decimated. Now...
0: Now even more so, though. I mean, if you can't even go from Florida to New York without having to quarantine for 14 days... But they can't
1: really enforce that. Like, No one's tracking you. But
0: you just said they fine you.
1: If you go to the hospital. So you know what's going to happen. People are going to get sick and they're not going to go to the hospital. (laughs) That's exactly what's going to (laughs) happen. Out of fear that they're going to get fined. Yeah, they're going to pay a $2,000 fine.
0: That's nuts.
1: Right? Unless they get so sick that they're fearing for their life.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Imagine, imagine you're afraid of a fine you don't go to the hospital. That's that's pretty fucking stupid. Yeah, but that's the world, that's the are. this is the world we're in now. It's yeah. like retarded. It's unbelievable. But the malls, gyms and movie theaters things is is sad to me because I mean, all these retailers that they're hurting. They they've got to be hurting. Then mm-hmm. you know these gyms, we, I have a friend who just opened up a 7 million he and his company had a seven million dollar build out of a gym right here in East Northport. Mm-hmm. It was open for all of forty five to sixty days. And I think twenty four hour fitness, don't quote me on this, but I heard they filed for bankruptcy. And lifetime surprised. and supposedly lifetime fitness is trying to buy out apparently cuz i think they have a better like financial standing but lifetime fitness is trying to buy stuff out maybe the days of going to the gym are just over maybe that's just something of the past
1: we'll see by the winter what happens right now it's nice out again so it's it's everyone's outside they're exercising outside um, my thing
0: though is this like if you're not going to let people go to malls gyms what about all the stores
1: inside the malls
0: right that's what i'm saying the per- so the, the person who owns the mall is screwed. All the, per- well, the tenants in the mall are screwed. Like what if that was your livelihood? You-
1: I heard a story um, two nights ago. There's a couple they you know they worked prof- professionally corporate jobs or whatever mm-hmm. did well. and they they just recently quit when they put their entire life savings into opening a restaurant that they were passionate about oh like they're gonna cook and all that. And, and they did that obviously right before Corona. And it's just crazy.
0: See, that's the stuff that breaks my heart. That breaks my heart because corporate America sucks. And I know what they were probably feeling and why they made a, a, a decision mm-hmm. like that. And now because of the stupid fucking virus, that dream is really on the fritz. And
1: I wouldn't even say because of the virus, it's because it's it, the, the freedom should never been taken away. The government could have just edged. listen, Here's the information on the virus. Here are the dangers. You're aware. Be smart. And if then, if people want to open, if those people want to choose to open their restaurant, that's their choice. If people want to choose to go to it, that's their choice. Mm-hmm. They're all adults, they're fully aware. That's it, yeah. in my mind. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you, yeah. you just took away just the option. They don't, you know, they're just.
0: My thing, though, is this if they're not going to allow us. If they're not going to allow malls, gyms, and movie theaters to reopen, mm-hmm. if you were to ask me what the biggest petri dish of how a virus like this could spread, it's in the schools. Mm-hmm. I never got sick until I had kids. Never. Mm-hmm. My kids started going to school. Mm-hmm. They started getting sick, and they brought home. Yeah. You know, and I, I would next thing you know, I had a cold, mm-hmm. and I, I was never sick. So, I think I think that that's going to be a bit of a co- point of contention for the for the powers that be and letting the world get back to quote unquote normal. I think that's going to be a big part of it, you know.
1: Yeah, well, you know, that would be very, you know, would yeah, be very I, sad. I get it, but you know where I stand.
0: I hear where you stand, and I agree with what you with how you feel. I'm My kids this.
1: are going nuts. Oh yeah. And they're at such a young age where you wonder: Does it have some type of impact? You know, oh, it's only three, six months, whatever. But like, they're bored to tears. They're bored a lot of the time. My wife's been bringing them to do.
0: My wife's been bringing them to the beach. Beaches are packed though. It's so Mm -hmm. nice.
1: Yeah, but even that, I don't know. I just feel bad for them.
0: I do too. I do too. I mean, the all kinds of things are getting canceled. New York City Marathon canceled. There's a, the McDonald's in Times Square shut down. Which is crazy. For good. So,
1: so the New York City Marathon is basically a bunch of people running in the street. Healthy people. So now you can have very You can, have, you can have protesters. There's probably just as many people protesting in New York City, and they're in these tight crowds. Mm-hmm. They could do that, but you can't have people run through the streets for the marathon that it's the hypocrisy is just fucking out of control. It's out of control. I didn't even think about that. What's the difference between the New York city marathon and the protests going on in New York city? Nothing from it, there's nothing in terms of like the number of there people. might be more
0: people. I don't even know how many people marched though. The marches were days and days and days and days of people getting together, it had to
1: it, and they're and they're close together. In the marathon, maybe initially everyone's close, but then they get spread out.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've never run a marathon, clearly not built for that, <laughs> but I hear you. <laughs> yeah, I hear you there. It's gonna, you know, what it's
1: that's gotta be a way you could do it, stagger the start times or something.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, let's talk. So, so let's talk about this event we've got coming up at Clock Tower. Mm-hmm. This is kind of interesting. Um, the Ferrari Roma.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I've driven. Have you ever driven a Ferrari? No, I have. Very nice car. Not. I don't know what kind of Ferrari I drove, but I drove a Ferrari. <laughs> um, they we're we're doing an event, which is gonna be pretty cool. It's gonna be million dollar listing style at a, a listing that we have over at thirty five Clock Tower Lane. In Old Westbury, eight million dollar house, things, the, the the builders spared no expense. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ferrari is going to be unveiling uh, the new Ferrari Roma at that event. It's going to be a lot of fun.
1: Uh,
0: throwing things like this, is, it's it's more difficult than you think it is in a residential neighborhood, right?
1: Yes. Well, throwing things like this in general, it's that you have to plan and coordinate. There's so many details that go into it that you don't yeah. realize or go into it. Yeah.
0: So you've got to be a party planner.
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's well, going to be cool. Yeah. Luckily we have help.
0: Are you into cars or no? Is that your thing? No. Cars like that? No. Never?
1: I mean, they're cool. Yeah. I like them. Like, I, would, I would drive one, but I'm not. Yeah. Not I've like driven. A car guy. So I've
0: driven a Maserati. Mm-hmm um an r8 the audi r8 mm-hmm. uh that, some ferrari i don't know what was it was it was like a five hundred thousand dollar ferrari um and i've driven a lambo i don't even fit in a lambo
1: and what was it i mean was it like did you get out and was like that was awesome or you're like all right so that here's, was cool. here's the deal
0: i would never want to own one and drive it every day the maserati honestly felt like maybe i'm crazy but the maserati that i was in that i was driving it felt no better than, like, a BMW,
1: mm-hmm.
0: honestly. Um, the Ferrari the Ferrari was incredible. The Lambo was too small, way too small for me. I couldn't even mm-hmm. fit. I had to, like, literally stand in the car to drive it. <laughs> um, and the R8 was cool. That thing was fast. Yeah. That thing was quick. You hit the gas on that thing, it's like, mm-hmm. Pedals just, just go. I still want to drive a Tesla. I've never I've driven in a Tesla. I've never driven a Tesla. Yeah, before. that
1: that I would like. Yeah. I'd be into that. Yeah. That would definitely be something. If you I'd gave be me the option of what to drive first, I'd probably choose a Tesla over those other cars.
0: I'm also hearing there's a new company that uh is coming to market that is is creating a luxury level electric car. Um, there's a lot of
1: companies, small companies out there doing creating electric cars. Uh, Rivian is one, which Ford and Amazon partnered, and that's specifically like SUV and pickups. There's the uh-huh. one called Bollinger, which is like almost like a Jeep and Hummer type electric car. Mm-hmm. I know those two because I personally want an electric car, and I like SUVs and yeah, trucks, and that's yeah. what they do. But there's a ton of them. That do you
0: think? Do you think that Tesla is so far ahead of the ball and ahead of the game? Yes. That these other people just can't catch up.
1: Yeah. Listen, it's a big it's it's a big market space, so you'll have you know yeah th- there'll be other people selling cars in the marketplace right but yeah I think Tesla's so far ahead and I think Elon Musk is just so far ahead I mean he that guy is just so smart I don't think any of the company because just because of Elon is gonna have the brain power to compete with them yeah
0: I hear that I mean
1: the guy's building literally, rocket ships and spaceships <laughs> that land themselves yeah. back on Earth. How do you how do you compete yeah, with that? And, okay, and so... I mean, for him, a car is probably like throwing so a stick figure, I you just, know?
0: I can't get over him. I mean, he's got a bunch of kids.
1: Does he have a bunch?
0: I think he's got like six kids. I thought he just had first. Kids. No, definitely not. Oh, okay. Definitely not. He has the boring company. He has SpaceX. He's... Got Tesla. He's Mm -hmm. he's creating solar roofs for houses and battery packs. What else does he have his hands? Oh, the Neuralink. Neuralink is another one. I mean, how how does one? I mean, we're busy as shit running a real estate team. Mm -hmm. How does he manage and carry all of that? It's nuts. I don't. He's a lot
1: smarter. He probably sleeps a lot less. But he also builds he builds companies around it. So he's got he's yeah. got people. He's got the right people helping out.
0: I guess that's really what it comes down to. Is he he's the director of the people?
1: Mm-hmm. You know,
0: that's the only way that you can do it. And he made his he made his bones with PayPal, right? That's how he made his money. Yes. Initial money. I
1: don't know if it was in it. Yeah, he was involved with it. I don't know if if that was his initial thing <clears throat> or something else. But yeah, that was definitely earlier on in his in his career.
0: Interesting, interesting. So let me ask you this. What do you think about this culture where where people say have said things 10 years ago and it comes to bite them in the ass today? How do you feel about that? So, so for instance, I'll give you an example. Um, I think like in 2005, this is the first one I ever heard of. This was a while really? ago, Kevin Hart the comedian have you ever seen his documentary by the way no great documentary on netflix he so what, what kevin hart does with this documentary is he let cameras follow him around and kevin is he's obviously one of the one of the biggest comedians in the world he he makes all this money doing stadiums and stuff like that But he lets the camera follow him around. It shows you like his Mm day-to-day. And he's got like a team of buddies around him. And they call each other like the Solo Cup Boys or the White Cup Boys or something like that. I think something Cup Boys. But it's like him and five of his buddies. One of them is his trainer. And they're just... It's a collaboration of like people who have surrounded him um, in his growth to the top that he Mm -hmm. met along the way, right? Some are comedians from early on in his career back in Philadelphia, and New York City, um, and others are just people that he just knew forever. So, it follows him around, but one of the things that it brings up in the documentary is this thing that he said, uh, he said something jokingly about, um, about gay people or something like that. And it was literally like 15 years prior to, when he was nominated to to be the host of like the Grammys or something like that, or the oscars or some 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 like major hollywood uh you know award show. award show and and he was supposed to host it and the second that he got announced as the host this started to come up from fifteen years ago, mm-hmm. and he apologized for it and anything but it continued to haunt him now recently. Joe Rogan is in the news, right? For his hundred million dollar Spotify deal, which is supposedly lights supposedly more money than that. And he was laughing. It had something to do with him. Uh, him and Joey Diaz laughing about taking advantage of, because Joey Diaz is, you know who Joey Diaz yes. is? The guy is hysterical and he's one of the most dirty comedians ever, yeah. but he's, he's the guy will have you like crying laughing. Um, And again, they did the same thing to him. They went back to like 2010 where they were jokingly talking about like some subject where Joey Diaz, uh, you know, had a girl perform oral sex on him so she could get on stage and do a comedy set at like a comedy club like that, right? And they, somehow they made light of it and laughed about it, but it came back and now, you know, it's, it's biting them in the ass. But what do you think about like this in general? Like people looking at, people looking deep into other people's pasts and, and it's ridiculous yeah. cuz everyone's
1: got a past. Everyone's yeah, yeah. got a past and uh, values change, times change. It's it's just ridiculous. I mean, listen, if if you murdered someone 15 years ago, then yeah, you that's probably different. you probably shouldn't be president of the United States, <laughs> you know, 20 years later after yeah. doing your time. Right? Like right. that's a valid one, but all this little like to go back and find any little thing, especially a guy like Joe Rogan who's who's publicly you know who's been out in the public for so long you're I mean you're bound to find something Yeah it's, yeah it's ridic- the whole cancel culture is ridiculous you know you're erasing you're erasing history mm-hmm. which history is not supposed to be funny or nice or good or bad it's just it is what it is yep. and it doesn't need to be erased if if you don't agree with it that's fine it's not all history is good there's a lot of history that's Bed. Yeah, but you can't just erase it. Pretend it's not there. Mm-hmm. Um, if what's the saying? If I, if you don't if you don't uh, you know remember history, you're doomed to repeat it or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, Well,
0: that's why that's why they write history and history books. Yeah, I just think it's sad. I mean, don't we have anything better to talk about? You well, know? the
1: news has nothing better to talk about. That's like, and thing.
0: Who, who's doing this research? Who's going back ten years?
1: People without jobs. I mean, think, where news.
0: were you 10 years ago? I think how different your life was 10 years ago than it was today.
1: Especially and kids now. So kids, like we we, we just start. we were in college when Facebook was just becoming a thing. So and it was it only really, college students. Remember exactly. that? Exactly. So now you have kids that are growing up on it though. So now you're going to have... Literally people that when they're 50, you know, they, they had social media and their thir- their life was being recorded at 13. Yeah. So you're going to go back and what people that are 13, 15, 20, 25, you're going to hold them accountable for their actions when they were kids. I know. It's crazy. I they're know. just kids. Again, there's a point, yeah. you know, it, like I said, if you murder someone, all right, that's different. But
0: see, I come from the place that like we live in a, in an unforgiving world. I mean, I don't know about these. I don't know about about these people who who you know dig these things up about people and then they're, they're cancel prob- him. I they're
1: probably perfect. They probably have a perfect history. Well, <laughs>
0: oh, that's a very good point. But the right. the 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 point is is, I mean, I don't know. I, since since I've left school and entered into the real world, I think the most the most the most like the biggest slap in the face for me was that like you're not the most important thing in the world you're not special you you were born into a certain circumstance and you got to figure out a way to build on that and get better every day and you got to work your ass off and hard work plus dedication to whatever it is you're trying to do to make your life better will get it that way i mean and people also aren't nice like i've had many bosses who are not nice in fact, I've had people that were in charge of me that were complete assholes. So, like, what are we, what are we raising here? You know what I mean? Like, are we raising a a, a generation of people who are just soft? And is that good? I mean, do you think, do you think to a certain level? Because I, I feel this way. I think to this to a certain level. If you, I think we should be a compassionate, loving society. But if you go too far in that direction. And everyone gets to the point where they start expecting the world to be nice. I think that's a problem because it's not nice.
1: Well, it's, and it's not realistic to make it nice no matter what you do. It's you can't. That's why I don't even understand why, why these things. Fair. Like,
0: why are we making light of these things? Is it just because it, it attracts attention and we can make money off of clicks? Because, I mean, a young person who's paying attention to the news and doesn't know any better probably thinks. A lot of these gripes are justified, but they've also got a very false perception of what the world really is.
1: They're getting brainwashed and probably in some cases radicalized.
0: Yeah, I mean I mean, I, I don't know about you, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I, the the world isn't nice. You get that first job you, you know, I'll never forget, I worked in a restaurant it, it was a pain in the ass. My my boss there was awesome, but the people that owned the restaurant, they, they I remember being a kid and being spoken to in like a way that I was like holy shit these guys are these guys are fucking maniacs you know like but you you grow a thicker skin you get better every day and you learn how to deal with people like mm-hmm. that you can't you can't like sound the alarm every time someone's mean to you or says something that's a little out of line and I think that's sort of like where we're headed as a country
1: it, it, but it's, you're not going to get there right because the, the government or the news or whatever power there is you can't you can't make the whole world nice. you can't make the whole world so it doesn't offend anyone. It just doesn't work mm. So if that's that's the mission we're on great it's a great mission yeah. but, you know it, to just force it down people's throats is not realistic.
0: I know it's just weird it's a very weird, weird, weird situation it, It's just not how I grew up at all period. I mean, I went from sports at a very high level to working in restaurants through college to sales, and in every scenario it it just got harder and harder and harder, honestly.
1: I think mean, it's just a natural cycle of things you go through, you know, like our grandparents' generation go through World War II, and life is tough and you know, this is a certain way of life and then you build it up so that life could be easier for your family and life gets easier and then people become more unappreciative or start to focus on petty bullshit. It's almost like the and country this sp- happens.
0: It's almost like the country is spoiled. There's a bunch of spoiled brats running around.
1: Well, I think Americans in general are spoiled compared to other countries. Yeah, compared to there's, there's, I mean, America's not a third world country, and there's definitely people in America who are, who are not, te- have terrible living conditions, right? Or yeah. suffer from whatever terrible evil there is. Uh, so, not to, I mean, not to just ignore that, but yeah, I mean, you're still. You're born in America. Yeah, you know, I you're know. not born. That you, you, yeah. If you're, you're not born in like a mud pit somewhere yeah. or something. You know, just you, people.
0: If you're, if you're black, white, brown, red, orange, whatever color you are, if you were born here, I mean, I don't know what the odds are to be born in America as an American, but you already right off the bat hit, oh, a, so hit the 360 jackpot.
1: 360 million divided by how many it's what 7 billion people in the uh, world.
0: Yeah, I mean those are your odds, right?
1: And 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 then I mean you don't even realize how grateful you should be just even if you hate America just that you have the right to protest and, and actually voice that opinion. Go go live in China and try yeah. saying you hate China. Yeah. Go there, try pulling these protests China, off.
0: China suppose You'll China. get
1: shot with a rubber bullet. You'll be you'll be arrested.
0: There's a lot of people in the press in China who get shot. Yeah. They get they get hunted if they they print articles that say the wrong thing about you know the Chinese government. That's the irony. You they get you hunted hate America down and shot so
1: much. I mean, the reason you can even have that opinion and express that opinion in the way that you do is because you're you're American. American. Yeah, that's a privilege.
0: <laughs> it's like such a juxtaposition, right? Like it's like it's like you're born into this country that gives you all these freedoms, and then like you bitch about it and you complain yeah. about it,
1: and you have the freedom to do that.
0: It's just crazy, though, right? Isn't that like a certain level of crazy? You have the—I mean, you should have the freedom to protest, yes, and and have a voice. But it's it's the people, it's the people who complain about their freedoms. And uh, I don't know. I I just I I just feel that like maybe I'm more appreciative of what we have here. I don't know.
1: Should be gratitude. Yeah.
0: So let's get into real estate. Let's talk about real estate. Mm-hmm. What's happening in real estate? Let's talk about the past few weeks since we uh, entered phase two. So since we've entered phase two, Mike and I and our team have been running around like chickens with their heads cut off, signing people up on listings, having conversations with people. Everybody on Long Island is, is hearing the same thing and they're seeing the same thing, which is, there's a few things happening here. Number one the New York City buyer has entered Long Island and is looking to scoop up property to get out of the city. So, you know, the whole de-urbanization thing that we were talking about on our last podcast is true. Um, There's a lot of people that don't want to live on top of each other anymore. They don't want to get in an elevator and hit a button in an elevator that everyone else hit that day. Um, they don't want to be out and about. And honestly, with everything that's going on in New York City, with it being shut down, you know, the whole appeal of living in Manhattan ultimately is to experience the restaurants that are there, to go to the shows that are there, right? It's a very active city. And people want to be out and about doing their thing, right? That That's kind of the whole, I would say it's the whole appeal to Manhattan.
1: Instead, most people are stuck in their 1,000 square foot Right, so,
0: so now a right. lot of people are saying to themselves, and we have many, many, many friends who have leases that are not renewing their leases, they're coming to Long Island. They're coming to Long Island in droves too. I mean, we have listings that have been on the market for nine to 12 months and suddenly they're selling off and they're selling off at generous numbers where and they're selling off at at generous numbers to people who have come out from the city and are buying these properties all cash so uh, our prediction on the last podcast seems to be coming true these houses are selling. They're selling very fast. They're selling to this new New York City buyer who have deep pockets. And it has never been a better time, in my opinion, to be on the market, especially if you were someone who had their house on the market previously and for whatever reason you had difficulty selling. Um, I I sincerely think that you have your best shot now. Now, the other part of this whole thing is the supply. So, the last three months, and we reported this on our podcasts and our market updates throughout the uh, pandemic, but listing inventory, new listings to market were down like 70 to 80%. So, for three straight months, new listing inventory was down 70 to 80%. And this month, when everything reopened, we sort of expected that there should be like a 3X, maybe 4X, as many listings coming to market uh, than maybe June 2019, the same period of time. What's happened is, is new listings are up, but they're not 4X, they're not 3X, they're not 2X. They're they're up a few hundred listings. Um, And this has created a situation where we've got a new buyer in town and a lot of existing buyers that were already here from before the pandemic. And now we've got, I mean, precipitously low levels of, of inventory, maybe the lowest levels of in inventory ever, and a lot of buy, a lot of sellers who still intend to get their house on the market that are afraid to get their house on the market, and it's created the perfect perfect storm to be selling a property. Um. And and I mean, houses are going at crazy numbers, right? I mean, even Clock Tower. Clock Tower is an eight million dollar listing. We've had it for about a month and a half at this point. Something like that. Something like that. We've probably shown it 15 times on an $8 million listing before the pandemic. You're probably lucky to show it four times in six months, Mm -hmm. right? So, I mean, what are your thoughts on this, Mike? What, where is this headed? What does the future look like? And if you were a seller right now and a buyer, how would you be approaching this market?
1: Well, I think it's, it sounds counterintuitive. I think it's a great time to sell and a great time to buy. And my reasoning is this. So usually if you're selling or buying, unless on Long Island, it's usually because of, and we've spoke about this in the past, some type of life event, you're starting a family, you're getting married, you're retired, all your kids moved out. There's something going on where you need a different living situation. It's not an investment property. It's not a second home for the most part on Long Island. So, so if you need to sell because you need a bigger house or uh all your kids have moved out, you don't need as much space, whatever the situation is, it's definitely a great time to sell because just the two simple factors, one like you mentioned, there's not a lot of inventory on the market, simple supply and demand that that uh limited amount of inventory is going to get you a premium for your home. Um And also mortgage rates are at all time lows. So buyers can put more towards the principal and they have to pay less interest. That's also going to help with your sales price. And then depending on the, well, all price ranges, but even the luxury price range, like 1 million and up, 1.5 million and up, there are a lot of New York City buyers coming to town, which is helping. So if you need to sell, it's a great time to sell. It makes sense. On the other hand, from a, from a buying perspective, it's also a great time to buy to the point that I made before. Mortgage rates are at all-time lows. You're locking in a 30-year rate at like 3%, which is insane.
0: And the Fed announced that they have absolutely no intention of raising those rates mm-hmm. for the distant future. So
1: so exactly. So the other thing is it's, it's making it a good time to buy is that, and I can't tell the future in my opinion, uh, barring some complete economic meltdown, you know, which I guess is possible, if you buy now, I think well, real estate over time historically has always appreciated. But I think it's it's going to continue to appreciate over the short term, meaning like five to 10 years, because the Fed has announced they're going to keep rates low for at least the next couple of years. So that's going to help. Uh, also, I to your point, inventory is not increasing 3x, 4x. So we're going to have still a limited supply of inventory available, helping prices and also, the Fed has just printed so much money that there's more currency in circulation. That that's going to cause an increase in asset prices as well. So, if you need to buy, it's a great time to buy because I think your the the piece of real estate you bought is going to continue to appreciate. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the other hand, when you're selling, you know, you could say, "Yeah, well, I'm just going to hold it, and it's going to continue to appreciate." Yes, but if you're at a point in your life where it makes sense to sell. Does the carrying cost? Does maintaining that carrying cost make sense? Also, if you're older, which a lot of a lot of people selling are older, because they just want a downside. Your house is probably outdated, um, and in that case, it's unless you're updating it, you know, a buyer is going to even if you wait two years, the house is just even more older at that point yep. now. Yep. And construction costs and material costs are also appreciating value, so it just becomes you know while well, you think the house down the block. That's kind of updated, sold for a million bucks. So mine's for a million. Someone's just looking at your house says, "Well, no, that's I got to put two hundred thousand dollars into that thing, right? So they're only gonna pay eight hundred. So I, I think it doesn't make sense what I'm saying. I think it's a good time if you need to make a real estate transaction. It's a good time to do so. There's not really, there's no negative to it. I would say the only scenario where it doesn't make sense to sell would be as if you have an updated house, and and you don't mind waiting another two years i think in two years likely it is going to be worth more right but if you don't have an updated house or you want to sell now and there's really no benefit to waiting two years because the carrying costs or it's the, the, really your house is the only thing holding you from retirement which is like the case of one of our clients then just sell there's no point in waiting from a purchase perspective i can't see a negative i can't see a reason not to purchase now the, the only reason it would be is if you can't find the house you want because of the limited inventory but that's just a matter of the right house will pop up. It always does. Just yep. keep your eye on the market or get with an agent who's gonna keep their eye on the market. And when the right house pops up, if it's the right house, there is no downside in my mind to locking in a three percent, you know, a three percent thirty year mortgage um, you know, on an asset that's gonna appreciate in value.
0: Yep. Yep. I couldn't agree with you more. I think I think it's actually a great time to get into the flipping business.
1: <laughs> yes let's keep that between yes, us yes
0: but the that i mean listen you buy something today the, the fed the fed is keeping interest rates low they're at three percent on a 30-year mortgage it is free money okay free money and a jumbo loan it's probably in the, in the high twos mm-hmm. maybe mid twos and they're doing they're leaving it like that for a while in the i would say at least until we get a vaccine for coronavirus, you're going to see low inventory, which is at least 12 months out. Yeah, in- in- inventory
1: is not just going it, to, yeah, it's, well, it's been proven. It's not just going to increase exponentially. It's something that's going to happen slowly over time.
0: Yes. And- by the way, before we even entered this whole thing, we had an inventory crisis throughout the entire country. There was the already there's inventory. not enough housing yeah. for the people that yeah. need it. So, yeah, man. I mean, if I'm gonna do anything with my money, it's probably gonna be put. I'm gonna I'm gonna end up buying more houses, turning around, flipping mm-hmm. them, holding them, renting them, because <laughs> you know, the stock market still doesn't make any sense to me. But it is what it is. Um, so let's go over some numbers here to substantiate what we were talking about. So, so new listings in 2020, this is from June 1st until today, which is the 26th. Mm-hmm. Which is the 26th, we have 3,631 new listings. In 2019 there was 3,006. So when we were talking earlier about that number being 3x or 4x or what we what we expected, it's really not. We've only got 600 extra listings. Now, houses that have gone under contract in 2020, 2,317 versus 2019, which was 2,264. Those numbers are very, very similar. So the absorption rate of these homes is about the same. Um, I would like to know We should have done that. We should have did this before we jumped on here, but we should have figured out if the average price is going up.
1: It had, well, as of as of our last podcast, like three weeks ago, it was. It um, was, yeah. yeah so. I mean, like one and a half percent, and that's that was across Nassau and Suffolk County combined, all price points. Yeah, yeah. So obviously, depending on the price point you look at, it'll tell a little bit of a different story depending on the specific neighborhood. But mm-hmm. in general, on Long Island, they were up.
0: So look at this. So so <laughs> closed, and again, this is closings are a lagging indicator, right? Mm-hmm. If you look at the closed transactions in 2020, it was it's 1,199 closings since June 1st. And in 2019, 1,962. Mm-hmm. So the reason that the 2019 number is higher than the 2020 number um, is because it's a lagging indicator. And those are properties that went under contract while we were in quarantine. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it, though. That's all I got for you. Any listings you want to talk about?
1: No, that's it.
0: All right. Cool. All right, guys. Thanks for uh, listening to the podcast. Uh, If you want to get in touch with us, buy, sell, or rent some real estate here on Long Island, give us a call. Our number is 516-888-9711. Our email is info at pl-team.com. And our website is www.pl-team.com. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next time.